Welcome everybody to episode five of the Euphoria podcast. Where it's the podcast about all things Europe. We're gonna be doing overhyped, underrated players. We're gonna be talking about the EU LCS power rankings. We're gonna be doing a state of the league. We're gonna do some quick fire predictions and our topics of the day are fanatic and a special focus on our guest, Reckless. I'm your host, Daniel Dracos, joined by Martin Fisher Longer, and of course, our special guest, Reckless. Welcome. Thank you so much. So I'm glad you're here. You know, you're, you're kind of a big deal in Europe, I think some people might say. Why are you looking at me when you say that? I don't know. Cause I, feel I thought like, you and me. No, not you. Oh. <laughs> it feels weird to look another dude in the eye and be like, you're a really, really big deal. But I've done that with you you're before. You're big. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> you're huge. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about, like, what's going on with you in your life. I think, for me, with tattoos are cool. Mm, what's, mm. Let's talk a little bit about the tattoos. I think a lot of people know the story. Some people may not, but what was what was the inspiration for the tattoos? What's uh, what's the deal with you now being uh, a, an official hipster all tattooed up? <laughs> <laughs> so I've always wanted to get tattoos like for a really, really long time. And uh, my mom always said no, so I was kind of just holding back on it until she would say yes. I didn't really mm. have too much hope, so I thought uh, even with the years, she would just always say no. Because no one in my family has any, like even my grandparents and stuff have no tattoos. So I would be like the first one in all generations mm. of the Larsons. So the uh, <laughs> uh, I actually had no expectations of it. But then randomly last year, she she gave me the good to go. So I uh, created some plans and I read up on some some stuff that I found inspiring. And then I just went for it. Yeah, went for it. I mean, I like it. We got to talk about what's on the Yeah, so arms. you have on one arm, Reckless. Yeah. Which I love because it's like you're so famous already. I think people know. <laughs> so what was the? Is this just like a reminder? It was mainly for myself. Like yeah, yeah, when yeah. I'm older, I know that yeah, it's gonna be a big memory for me. I mean, cool it's already a, yeah, yeah. Um, so like no matter a third what, of my life, you know. Yeah. So when I'm done playing, it's probably gonna be maybe even half of it. So it's gonna okay. be nice to have that memory around. And the other one I know has something to do with your family, but I forget. I forget the specifics. It's the initials of each family member. My mom. Both sisters and my father, including myself. All right. So it's uh, yeah, it so all has a meaning. There's a fish but... and there's a dragon. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I mean, classic. I think super uh, good choice for tattoos, especially for half sleeves. But uh, this is where we need a camera, Drake, because it's actually is unacceptable. We need to burn out. Yeah, camera. that we can't. And he's also wearing a long sleeve shirt, so it's hard for me to. Well, he's actually shirtless at the moment, he's but you guys can't see that. Completely naked. We're yeah. all completely naked. That's how we record uh, the podcast. That's, that's why we're actually not bringing in video yet, is because we don't know how to do this with with pants on it's too hard um <laughs> but I, i'm curious are you hooked because i mean the thing i experience with tattoos i think a lot of people do is that like they just want to keep getting more tattoos so are you yeah. are you planning more are you going to be like fully tatted by the end of 2019 uh probably not but i have some more ideas i was just scared to go too far really fast yeah like i wanted to get a couple and then see how it felt and maybe i have some different ideas on what i would like to do next time and just not do everything yeah. at once and then regret it for the rest well, of my life. Right? I, so. I, I, need, I need to know one of those ideas. Give us, give us give an us, example. Yeah. What could happen? So uh, I would like to get a separated yin-yang, actually, like one on each arm, because I think without my background, I would never have been able to become what I am now. Like I would never have been able to become reckless if I wasn't as hardworking mm -hmm. as my family has taught me to be. Yeah. All right. No giant deficio face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's save it. I'm I mean, I just, uh, save that for later. All right. <laughs> my favorite thing is like everyone's first tattoo is like usually really meaningful, right? It's like you know you have family and you have like this part of your life. I have one that's about family as well. And then after that, it just like goes to shit. <laughs> 
like, my first one was like really serious. My second one is like Legend of Zelda stuff. My third one is like, all right, I already got some Legend of Zelda stuff. Let's just slap another tattoo on. Like, it looks cool, I guess. I love it. I'm missing a tattoo, man. I need people to tell me what I should get tattooed. I, I have nothing. All you're going to get is people referencing Quickshot's face, I think. What Zelda tattoo do you have? I have Majora's Mask on my chest. He's oh actually taking God. his shirt off now. Yeah, no, I am no. actually, and I have I have a Sheikah eye on my uh, on my right arm as That's a hand sleeve, and I want Dark Souls tattoos. But it's 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 addicting, but it's also impossible to find like an artist who you're uh, to. I can't find an artist to commit to like a full arm tattoo. I'm terrified someone's gonna mess it up. So, I I got nothing to add here. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Favorite the, game? The Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, yes. Although mm. I think there's definitely strong arguments for it to not be number one out of all the Zelda games. Which Martin does not. This Martin, there's two of you now. This is actually going to be very difficult because <laughs> I normally call I play you them. Martin. Most of them, at least. I love them. I enjoy them. They're a big part of my childhood, so that's my logic. Plus, I think masks are dope, so that's really the reason. Is I just really think masks are cool. Mm. But enough about tattoos and Legend of Zelda. We're here to talk about League of Legends. Uh, so, let's do it. Let's get into it. Our first segment is overhyped, underrated. This week we are doing players, so everyone is going to be picking either an overhyped or an underrated player and talking about them. Now, I'm going to go first this week. This every week. I, every week. Well, it's to actually be fair, every I week. wrote the order on the like, I know, and on it's our the little same structure, every time. and I'm too lazy to swap it. Do you want to go first? No, 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 you go first. But right, let fine. me guess, you're going to suggest Rectus goes next. Yes. And then I go last. I mean, that's because you can see the format in front of you, so thank you for yes, spoiling it. We've done it. this every week. <laughs> Alright, so my player, I'm going to say overhyped, and I'm going to say Gilius. I think, uh, I honestly, honestly, I think that he did, he talks a lot, and that's not my issue, is that he like talks too much and brings himself up too much. It's just, specifically this last week, I was really disappointed. And also, in those really clutch moments where he needs to basically secure a Baron, I think he's failed his team way too many times. And I think after week five or week four rather coming into week five I, I saw like a bunch of the same level two ganks over and over again and I, I mean to be fair we also saw uh, Brock's on Fnatic doing a lot of these level two ganks but I didn't see any more innovation from him I don't see this guy constantly trying to push the envelope or do something I think Amazing was right on our show and that this guy knows where he needs to be and knows what lane he needs to snowball but I think level two ganks mm. are not enough I think you need to be clutch in those situations where your team needs to steal a Baron and I think Outside of snowballing his lanes, now somewhat inconsistently, I haven't really seen much else from Gilius. Interesting. I actually disagree. I don't think he's overhyped. Um, I think a lot of the things you're uh, highlighting there are team issues more than Gilius' individual issues. Uh, to me, if you're starting a five-man Baron and the enemy team is not in a position to contest it other than a jungler randomly dashing over a wall on a Sejuani like it happened in the Rocket game where he lost like two Barons to Memento, your team is doing something completely wrong. Like, you should be able to deny the jungler from even getting into the Baron pit in the first place. And once the jungler is in there, if it is truly a 50-50 smite, it, I mean, it sometimes just comes down to luck. Like, who just hit smite at the I mean, the yeah, yeah, my issue is, is less that right just, I, I understand and i think a lot of junglers have in the past said that like, there's kind of an advantage to the person who's coming in to steal because you don't know 100 percent when they're coming in to steal outside of like a perfectly coordinated team bursting it down right but i just why are they making that call in the first place then why are they putting themselves in that risk but because i think normally you are able to deny the enemy jungler from getting into the baron pit and then the call would have been great like we've seen that multiple times i think even fanatic we have shown that like you can start a five-man Baron with the enemy jungler around as long as you don't, like, 
Unless he has to, he legit has to flash and drag so his it's, dead it's body anyone, into it's the pit. It's anyone else who has CC that could have stopped someone from entering the pit's fault, not Gilius's fault for missing the smite. I think the, the smite thing is always tricky for me to blame the jungler for, because I think a lot of times, unless the guy legit just like is super slow or smites at the completely wrong time, which could happen, uh, yeah. but a lot of times it comes down to like a fraction of a second of just hitting smite first. The other one, well, I do agree he sucked with these ganks uh, in week five. I think the problem that he's actually getting into now is one, they played against Gallio twice. I'm sure, Reckless, did you watch the games? What tell they played this week? A bit, yeah, but they were quite over early. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They were pretty over fairly quickly. So they can't play against Gallio for shit. Like, that's already uh, shown because they can't snowball mid effectively against it. Um, and then they're like, ah! We gotta do something early game because we have vitality, right? We we gotta make some plays here. That's what they think to themselves. And yes. then he's like, I'm gonna go bot lane against a Galio with old and TP. And he's like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. And he did go too aggressive on those ganks, but I think the team was just lacking like everything. It wasn't just Gilius. Like the bot lane was trying to win the lane as hard as they could, but it wasn't hard enough and they didn't even get the bot lane turret. Uh, and I don't know. I all think right, there's right. a bunch of team there's issues. There's a lot of team issues. Is what you're crediting it to? I want to hear Reckless, What opinion. is your opinion on Gilius? How do you feel about this guy as a jungler? So <clears throat> first, I wanted to address the the stuff you said about the team. I think week five was not only the week that they were struggling as a team. I think they've always kind of struggled as a team. I've never really seen them as like uh, a really good macro team or anything. Mm -hmm. I think they've won most of their games by individual yeah. outplays, especially from their mid-top jungle, so I was not really surprised when they were getting outplayed um, on a team base, and I wouldn't really blame Gilius for that either. I think he's put in a really tough position where he has to kind of make all the plays where nothing happens. And uh, so, like, as you said, like when enemy has Galio, you can't really do it through mm -hmm. mid, and that's been the, the way to go for them. So I wouldn't really blame him. I would maybe consider like blaming the draft, if anything, but that's up for grabs now in week six if they can fix that or not. So Yamada cannon overhype. That's what we're saying here. You called him the best coach ever? I had to be fair, I had a gun to my head. <laughs> I, I just find it weird that like the outside can so easily um see that the way Vitality win win games is through mid and then roaming to top, mm -hmm. but them themselves can't see that and they're instead drafting for other things. Too close, man. Yeah. Too close to it. I so I agree. Who is your overhyped underrated player, Reckless? So for overhyped, I actually chose Mini Trubex, which makes it kind of awkward now that you already <laughs> chose Gilius. Double white okay, so like how are they even winning about... games with all these overhyped players? <laughs> Sorry. Um, but basically, I think that most of the games that they've won hasn't been because of him, and he's been getting a lot of... I mean, I don't read too much what has been said, but I know that he's been getting a lot of uh, good stuff said about him, and I know there's been talks about him being like much better as a rookie than upset, which I don't disagree with. I think upset has been really disappointing. Um, Bam, big punches already. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. But the thing with me in Trupax, which frustrates me the most, is that he's actually really good in solo queue when I play against him. He actually plays a lot of solo queue, I think, mm -hmm. together with Jack Trolls. And uh, whenever we go up against each other, it's actually like really good for me. I feel like I'm improving a lot, actually, when I'm playing against them. So when I see them in LCS, I just feel really disappointed. And I know he can do so much more. Do you want to see them win lane harder? Is it team fighting? Is it everything? Mm, I, I guess lane hasn't really ever been a strength for them. I don't think they're like too good in lane either in solo queue. But 
like later on in the game they're usually carrying just as two that are always walking around the map and playing team fights really well so i just feel a bit disappointed when they're playing lcs without them you know mm. i think maybe that's a team issue actually and maybe it's not their fault but it's just weird to see them trying to win games without their bottling when their bottling is actually better than um they're supposed to be right yeah i mean definitely the main win condition has been get jizuke as fit as possible yeah. and then use jizuke to snowball you know either capo shot or he jizuke himself goes to the side lane and then you have to deal with his rise running around that's super obnoxious yeah we tried uh, that yeah, yeah you guys well. tried that you know and yeah uh, it's like Jizuke, I think Jizuke is really, really good at like playing that super obnoxious split pushing type where he's not afraid of making plays, but it has meant that it feels like Mini Troopax's main role has been sit mid and wave clear. Yeah. And that's why he picked up the likes of Sigs and stuff. It's just been unfair for the guy, which is why I think he's overhyped because he's getting a lot of credit for nothing really. Mm. But I think also the credit could be justified if he got more chance to maybe like prove himself if they played around him. I'm not really sure. But maybe they're just too deep into it now. Like we're ten games in, right, and we're almost uh, reaching playoffs now. So them changing everything up is probably not going to happen, and he's yeah. probably going to remain the wave clear guy in Vitality. Um, and I mean, he plays. Yeah. He hasn't played uh, a Tristana game. He hasn't played a Kogma game. He's played Caitlyn four times, and he's done well, admittedly. Uh, Varus, Ezreal. He's had the Callista game, which went pretty horrible for them. And funny enough, the Ezreal game, one of them when they played Ezreal, it was a horrible pick that actually cost them a lot in the draft. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see because I feel like um, they just pick him to to be a pressure point, right, in lane. That's what I see from the the Varus. But the thing is that they're not though. Like when we lane them, it was um, I think it was Tristana Janna versus Brom Caitlin or something like that, mm -hmm. and that shouldn't be laneable for us. But we were up like all the pressure, and we're taking their tower to be too, if I'm not mistaken. So it just yeah, it just doesn't feel like they are even trying to win lane. You know, it's kind of the old school Steel Black where you you just sit at your tower and you wait for something to happen. Which is fine in a team like Vitality. You also, have, the uh, modern day Steelback. Also, the modern day Steelback. There were, say, there were a couple really good weeks for Steelback this season, but he is definitely going back to the old school Steelback. Yeah, mm. he's uh, he's staying true to his name at the moment. All right, I think that's interesting. I think actually, Mini Trupex. Do you think he could be like a yeah. top three AD carry in Europe? Yeah, that's why I think the the credit is unjustified, but yeah. it could be. Yeah, yeah. And I would just like to see him do more, maybe be more vocal. I'm not sure exactly how their shot calling and stuff is going, but for sure, like I see signs of him being a much better player than he is in LCS in uh, in our Solka games. I like that. All right. Deficio, it's time. Other Martin. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always done overhype. Now you guys have done two overhypes. Uh, so do I'm I get to do my... Uh, oh, do you also want to do another? Well? So normally we only do one each. Ah, but okay. if, do yeah, you, if want you want to do an underrated? If you want to do another one. You can no, do a quick I'll, underrated. Go no, for it. I can it. do yours. It's fine. All right, I'll do my underrated yeah. first then. I'm saying Exile is underrated. <laughs> and... Okay. So, last split in the first few weeks, it was bad. Like, it was not great. But, Unikoslav, after Cold was on this podcast, he left his room and he learned something. We didn't tell him, but I think he just realized <laughs> during the podcast when we were discussing the weaknesses of Exile. He learned that if you have a player who always wants to play on the edge, who wants to tr constantly try and create advantages for himself and his team, you can't leave him alone in mid. Because if you do that, just like what Fnatic has experienced a few times with Caps. With Caps, yeah. People will gank him and kill him three million times and then mid lane lost and you can't do much. So what Cold is doing now is he's literally hard camping mid every single game he plays, which makes it impossible for Exile to 
fall behind, at least not a lot, in the laning phase. And I think Exile, outside of laning phase, is actually good. I think he he has this kind of Jizuke thing where he's not afraid of going into a side lane and trying to be the one who can assert pr pressure and really try and make a play, especially if he's not behind. Uh, he will also do it if behind and then he kind of backfires, but that's fine. Um, also, team fighting wise, as long as he doesn't get caught at the start of the engage, which he's gotten a lot better at now, that guy deals some serious damage and you can always rely on Exile to actually use the advantage he's been giving from his team to go ham and do something with it. Unicorns of Love will win games when Exile does not lose early game and he can actually get to play the map late game and team fights. So I think right now with the new strategy and with Cold kind of putting him on a tiny leash and saying, all right, hold, hold off, hold off. Don't be under the turret at level two. I think Exile is underrated and he's better than people give him credit for. I mean, yeah, because people think he hard ints every game. So yes, in that sense, he's underrated. But I, I don't know, man. I have not seen enough improvement for this guy to be to be impressed yet. It is getting better. I'll give you that. Hard camping in mid lane. Putting Cold on a leash, I think, is the more accurate description. Because Cold has to live mid lane. Put each other on a leash. You yeah. Know, it's uh, but whatever. I mean, I still... I see the potential. I remember the glory days of Exile when the when the most recent Rise rework came through and he was awesome. I also remember that he got three banned uh, in his finals performance and then was useless. So I, I still think that this guy has so much further to go. But I will agree in the sense that you can call him underrated. Thank you, Drake. But only because he's rated so, so, so low down. <laughs> Actually, I agree. I saw his uh, Soy game last week, so... I'm yeah, down, I'm down for that underrated. See, that was a good game. Yeah, he was really carrying that game alone. So the guy goes ham, man. When he does good, he does good. Just but it, don't allow him to be alone in lane. It's like ever. He, it's like he has to to die like twelve times in one game to carry in another. That's what it feels like. To I me. guess maybe they made a deal with the devil. Yeah, and that's saying, the pact. Like, you either you can be good only every other game of League of Legends. <laughs> there you go. But if that's enough to get Unicorns of Love to pick up... Oh, oh they need a lot of wins if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not going to make it. No, that's too rough. I guess they're too far down right now. But if they can at least pick up a bunch of wins towards the end, I think they could go into some of it some of it with the I, same lineup. I agree. I agree. I think we'll see how the rest of the lineup performs. But I don't... I think that given the path of improvement Exile is on, I don't think it would make sense for Unicorns of Love to get rid of them. You could have said Path of Exile and you did Yeah, I didn't. I missed out. <laughs> All right, our next topic is about... One of the perennial European LCS teams. It is Fnatic. G2 Esports. No. <laughs> we did that. We did that. <laughs> Glad to keep, know. Keep it together. Who you're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Caster bias cannot come out here. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Fnatic roster. I think um, things are starting to look better. And I'm curious from your perspective, Reckless, how, how do you feel like this roster compares to last year's roster now that you guys are on an upward path and starting to be a top team in the league again? So I think... Um, Support-wise, it's better for me, but maybe a little bit worse for the team. I think me and Hilly are much better in lane than me and Jesses were. Like, we're actually getting leads in pretty much every game. I think the only game where we struggled was the game against Misfits, where we were getting actually completely smashed to v 2 And uh, we were having, like, no pressure at all with Syra Khan versus Kogbrom, mm -hmm. which is debatable. I think you could be winning that lane. But they were playing really well, buying a lot of pinks and contesting our tri brush pretty much in every base. So we were, yeah, we were stuck under our tower and we eventually lost like all of the pressure and got back later on, which is when it was too late and Kogma just ended up carrying. Uh, but other than that game, I think we've been doing really well to v 2 and uh, a lot of that has to go 
to Hillesang because he's actually like the defining factor in our laning phase, I would say, and he makes pretty much every play mm-hmm. and uh, does like the wave management really well. And I don't really have to do anything other than follow up and play aggressive whenever the timing is good. That's actually interesting because I feel like last year with Jesses, you guys made it a a plan for the team that Broxa would play around the bottom side later I think on. that was mostly because of our picks though um, right. we kind of got to a point uh, with the whole Ken and Camille thing yeah, where yeah. if we were not ganking bot we would lose our tower 2v2 <laughs> yeah. which is something you could see at Retrivals so um, and that's it, changed it wasn't, now completely yeah, I mean now we play completely standard meta picks yeah. and uh, we don't really need our jungler I actually feel like we're sometimes even better off when we don't have our jungler there because when exactly. we get our jungler bot and our top laner, top laner dies it feels really bad so I would rather just have our top laner help out. Uh, I mean, our jungler help out our top laner and play play the game out two v two or maybe two v three, which happened a couple of times. But most of the time, I was able to save Hilly. So I mean, I, fine. <laughs> and generally, that actually seems to be a really good thing. Where uh, what again? What happened before was like Brox would go top in the early game for one gank. Enemy top lane will always get surprised and die level four for some weird reason. Yeah. And then Brox will go bot lane with your cannon and these yeah. kind of picks. You would get bot lane tower, and that's kind of how the snowball would start. Which is obviously why teams were like just go mid and punish caps. Yeah. But now it feels like it's a little bit more well rounded. Where Brox could actually play around mid as well. Yeah, and I don't think that's because of the support situation. Which no, is what that's I wanted a, to say just before. a meta one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, first of all, it's because we're playing meta now and we mm-hmm. don't have so much. Uh, pressure on us both like that we need help and stuff and need to make plays yeah but i think the main reason is actually because of young buck i think he came in and just changed everything about us and actually created a system which wasn't in place before like when we were playing before we were always very uh, like on the fly um we weren't really pre-planning much we were just kind of seeing what was up and then mm-hmm. maybe someone would say like this guy has no flash by the way so you can you can come and just flash on him and that was basically the game plan. You know, we would just go for all these kills and hope hope that it worked out, uh, which is why we looked so lost. I think in mm-hmm. like the mid part of the summer split because this just didn't work anymore. You know, they stopped inting top level four, uh, <laughs> they stopped inting bot level six, and then yeah, we just ended up having no way of winning the game. Right. So now that Young Buck has come in, I feel like we have a way of winning the game without actually killing anyone, which is really really nice because now we don't have this pressure that you have to outplay certain individuals which is fine like against eight out of ten teams but when you go up mm-hmm. against a good player it's really hard to win the game by killing him because he thinks the way you think and then he knows that you're in that brush you know like i i got this brush thing off for maybe like half a year but then people figured it out and then you know there was just nothing else to it there's a cannon in there yeah exactly <laughs> when you walk forward there's a cannon in there yeah so uh i think this young guy thing has helped a lot and maybe to explain more in detail what he does it's like um yeah, just making a system so that everyone kind of knows during each part of the game what they have to do. Like, it's everything mm-hmm. from lane assignment to which waves you should be playing on, where you should get the vision, who should buy the pings, where you should place them. You know, all these small things that you maybe mm-hmm. don't think about when you're watching the game, because when you're watching the game, you're mostly looking at uh, the fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which objectives are being played for, but there's so much stuff behind this and mm-hmm. before this that we were not thinking about before, but apparently Youngbug did. And maybe it's one of the reasons as to why G2 were so successful. And hopefully one of the reasons as to why we will be successful now. Um, so it, yeah, it feels a lot better. But I wouldn't uh, give the credit to Hillesang for this. I think Hillesang is uh, mainly a change in the laning phase, mm-hmm. positive one, and mainly an, may, maybe a negative change later on. As for now, I think he's been improving a lot though. I think uh, our week one performance was really bad in comparison to our current one. 
I think uh, he's been much better now macro-wise. In the, in the beginning, you know, it was kind of crazy where he would run off and then we would be like, wait, we should maybe push this way first. And then he was like, no, let's fight here. And then and he just screamed, Unico yeah. unicorns! <laughs> yeah. uh, meanwhile, now I think he's much more on board with uh, the Fnatic way of playing the game. So it it feels good. Like, I don't think he's a negative force by any means yeah, later yeah. on. It was yeah. just in the beginning, the laning phase was so much better and the late game was so much worse. <laughs> but now it's kind of like... We have a better laning phase, and our late game is completely fine, maybe even better than before. So I think it's been a positive change it, yeah, for it sounds everyone, like, actually. Yeah, sounds like good progress. So I'm curious, when it comes to talking about implementing the system with Youngbuck and making a plan where everyone knows generally what they need to be doing throughout each stage of the game, did he just outline the structure for you guys, or did he fill it into? Like, was he like, all right, you're playing this champion, you need to be doing this, or was it like, hey guys, this is how we need to think about it, and then he got the information from you as players to kind of fill in this this chart or the strategies that you talked about? Uh, probably what you mentioned last. I think he didn't necessarily just tell everyone what to do and then we're just puppets in his in his chess game. He's not coma yet. No. <laughs> he's, uh, he's much more just like a sixth player and has a really good outside perspective. I mean, he's an ex-pro himself mm -hmm. and he's been winning four of the four titles, so he must be doing something right, you know, and everyone's just mm -hmm. trusting whatever he comes on board with. He has like a lot of good presentations and uh, brings up just good points that you don't think about, like... Like wave management and lane assignments are, are things that happen every game, all the time, on every reset, but you don't think about it for the most part, you just kind of go somewhere. Like I mean, a lot of teams don't even think about when to reset. Yeah, exactly. And all these things he has presentations about, yeah. he's uh, giving a good reason as to why we should be thinking about it. And mm -hmm. uh, it just ends up with us creating this system that we now have in place. So what's the role then between Youngbuck and, and Dylan? Because obviously Youngbuck is the team director. Yeah. Which I actually thought that was more of a, like a management role of what kind of he, branding he is, are we going to do? I mean, do I've heard his cooking is legendary, so I'll be honest. I'm a bit of a pessimist. I thought it might be the young book is cooking really good food for the team kind of role. You know, he's he's 50% management and he's 50% like coaching. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. But he doesn't actually do any. Uh, How could you explain this? So Dylan takes care of the champions. You know. Yes, Dylan's like, the draft guy. Yeah, and then young book is the. Macro that, guy. Yeah, macro guy, exactly. Okay. So that would be the difference, maybe. And uh, they work really well together. Like, they actually do everything together. Yeah. They're, it's just not, they're not in separate rooms hating each other, you know, they're actually... Fighting each other for yeah. the spot over the draft. Yeah, exactly. That's because before it was kind of like that, maybe with... Nick, when we had Nico and Daylor, it was kind of like that, I think, uh -huh. where they were sort of fighting each other. And then it ended up being like a rivalry. One of them had to get kicked, you know, like this, this whole situation sucked. Um, but now it's not like that. I would say they're actually working together. They talk all the time to each other and they pull the, like they actually talk about the draft with each other, they talk mm -hmm. about the presentation with each other. So it's not like Youngwork does one, yeah. Dylan does two, but they actually do it semi together. But the main responsibility for drafting is on Dylan and the main one for Macro is on Youngwork. And that, then that's really good to hear. We as players yeah, just need is... to be able to play the champions that are in the meta, know which ones are good, which ones are not good for us, and then give the info out, you know, mm -hmm. and play the game. So I, I'm curious, do you feel like this is the, the healthiest state Fnatic has been in uh, in a long time or how long? We've... Since 2015, I would say, yeah. I think yeah. 2016 was really rough. Um, was that the worst year for you and Fnatic? Yeah, I would say so. I think 2014 was really chill. <laughs> I mean, back I, Everything then, was know. new and amazing. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, had no coaching stuff back then as well. So you were just, yeah, just chilling. Um, 2015 was... Yeah, ups and downs. I had my my fair share of both in Elements and uh, the 18 0 season with Fnatic. I actually think a lot of fans completely forgot you ever were in Elements. Yeah, I hope so. I think for most people, you've always been in Fnatic. Yeah, you've literally been there forever. 
Like people, people don't. I I never see people talk about poor Steelback. Man, the he's one split on forgotten. Is the fanatic But that's carry. another one. I think a lot of people also kind of forgot that Steelback was the first uh, to carry on that new 2015 fanatic. Because I remember going into the 2015 spring split. Um, it was when we just lost Joe and D-Man as well, the mm-hmm. Brokers. A lot mm-hmm. of stuff had happened in Europe. Yep. Uh, I think NA had just started importing EU players over yep. uh, more than just Bjergsen. Because Jensen got unbanned, I believe, and he in got summer. signed. Incarnation yeah. That was the summer, and he yeah. got signed, yeah. Um, so coming into spring, back 2015, I was remember being like, we looked at this Fnatic lineup. Hooney, I don't know what the fuck that guy was. Game over. Yeah, no, the game jungle. over, a oh, horrible mm-hmm. jungle in Korea. Febben, rookie, okay, pretty hyped about that guy. Steelback, I oh, don't really know much about him. He's probably not going to be great. And then Yellowstar, which uh, was obviously a, a big name. But we looked at that and being like, ah, middle of the pack, maybe kind of decent but elements on the other hand frogging reckless yeah. you know big, I actually big have this names. theory that if you put this lineup in another organization where we wouldn't have to struggle for our lives uh, we would have been much better than we were I mean the talent I, like, was definitely there yeah I mean the difference of uh, alliance elements was enormous right. and uh, it was basically from an actual organization to a one guy company yeah difference and it was just yeah, it was unplayable, like legit unplayable. I, yeah, I could not foresee that when I made the choice of joining. I actually didn't even know when I joined that they would have to go from Alliance to Elements. That it became like a new Yeah, I had no idea. Basically. Yeah. I just got told randomly, we are no longer Alliance, by the way. And uh, Yeah, we Elements now. Someone has <laughs> bought it in all of your contracts. And then and they did uh, the branding of something wicked was a rock. or There was some elements, some yeah, fire and uh, ice and whatever. And, in uh, the... They tried to force the situation where you know, like where you had apartments and office to play from, but nothing was set up. So we were like struggling with that for half of the split. And once yeah, we actually yeah. got it up and running, they wanted to replace people. You know, it was just... It was bad. Yeah, it was. It was bad. bad. So that's what actually so I, never I, I happened. I got out of there. As soon yeah, as I could. that's what never happened. And what and people that, remember is eighteen the zero. Down, yeah. And there's the up. Right eighteen there. zero. Fnatic <laughs> yeah. happened, and that's what people remember. But that split was probably the best split that I've ever had in Fnatic. Even better than the one I have now. I mean, that's just sure. Right? I mean, is it is it just because it's like you're just winning, and there's just it's like it feels no. To me it like, was just everyone was on the same page. You know, like you would wake up in the morning and know what the other guy wanted from you. Mm-hmm. It was just so easy. Like I don't know how to explain it. Otherwise, it was just you. Everything just worked. Yeah, everything clicked. Yeah, it was just so easy. And, and Daylor yeah. pr- worked perfectly in that team because Daylor's strength was, I would say, personal, not professional. Like mm-hmm. he knew League of Legends, right? But he was not a young buck. Mm-hmm. He did not have the ex-pro experience and ex-pro coaching experience. He was first timing, right? That that year was his first year. Um, but he had some really good insights, I think, on like how to improve on a personal note, mm-hmm. which is something I think is really undervalued in the pro scene, like working on your mental and stuff. Like, I don't th- think people realize how important this is. Yeah. And they just think if I'm a little bit better mechanically, then I'm going to win more games. But they don't realize that if you're a bit better mentally, you're going to actually become a different player and that's going to win you like everything, you know? It's just yeah. going to be such a big difference. One of the most underrated skills of anyone working with a team is... Uh, conflict resolution. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, and it can be anything, any workplace, there will be conflicts, there will be issues between you and another person, and if no one knows how to solve that conflict, oh, yeah, I mean, it no just one, gets no worse one, No worse. one cares how good you are at League of Legends if you're a giant asshole, it turns out. If you are hard yeah. to work with, if you are difficult to work with, it's just, especially in this era where, like, if you are the best of the best AD carry of all time, it still rarely translates to solo kills in lane. 
right? It's, it rarely translates to you solo winning the game. Yeah, I don't think. Like... I don't think uh, people measure too much anymore by skill. I think exactly. it's too even these days mm. to like put players apart by skill. I think it's much more about mental and stuff now, which is why I think it's so important. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I will be able to. Uh, be the best Eddie Carey or among the best Eddie Carries for such a long time now uh, if I wasn't mental like my mental wasn't as good as it is yeah and See, I think a lot of that comes from Daylor without him I would have wouldn't have been where I am today now we sadly very slightly segued away I was gonna mention the 18-0 split in the final I was gonna call it the greatest split I feel you're, like in, in you're European you're currently calling it <laughs> I, so I, I, I used the excuse of saying we segwayed away and said I wanted to talk about this to actually segue back to it. I just wanted to say, now that we have Reckless here, and he mentioned this coming into us, that his last final he was in was in that summer split 2015 yeah, Stockholm. in Stockholm. So in Sweden, they play Origin. I think most people will remember this final, but it went to five games. We had a pentacle for Reckless. Fnatic wins it in the end when Yellowstar picks any support and they play like Rumble Top. And I actually remember this game so and well. Olaf Jungle. We were oh, really yeah, it was hand. all early game. Yeah. And they won the early game, but then Origin kind of stalled it out with a Zia mid. And we were like, oh my God, they're going to late game. Sven is going to carry this. Or was he called Nils back then or was he called Sven? It was Nils. Nils, yeah. Nils versus Reckless. Nils is going to carry late game. And then just when we're about to set up the potential Origin comeback, Peckett doesn't have Flash on a Zia. And Yellowstar walks around to the Raptor camp and, gets him and then the he wall. Yeah. smacks him over the wall with the tippers, kills him, Fnatic wins the fight, Ends wins the, the final. We had over a million like views on just Twitch English watching, like with the highest I think for, for these kind of games. Uh, God damn. Or maybe man. it was a million total. Like it was, it was crazy numbers, but that was like the sickest final I've ever casted. So yes, that split was the best split. Yeah. There we go. Now yeah. we can move on. I just have to get okay. that in there. All right, but now comes the sad part now that we've celebrated the, the true joy and the high highs let's let's talk you have not been back to finals since hmm. and it feels like 2016 understandable right the team yeah was not clicking well but last summer specifically you guys seemed unstoppable uh collapsed against misfits if i remember correctly yes yep. and now so i'm curious what what's changing this year how do you stop something like that from happening again um, so for 2016, I want to say actually I disagree. Um, I think this year was not understandable and I think um, there were so many small things along the way that just made it hard, mm. which I think were really unavoidable if I would have taken more charge. Like I was just kind of coming along similar to what I did in 2015. I, I think I just got a bit too complacent maybe with the idea of how things were in 2015 summer where I came in as like the new guy, even mm. though I wasn't. but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then I just tried to listen as much as I could and follow the others, right? But then when we lost Yellow Star, Huni Raynor, and um, and got the new players, I feel like I should have taken more charge than I did. Like, I was really trying to learn how to shot call and all these things, but I don't think actually that was too important now that I think it back. Like, I don't think shot calling was, like, if I learned to shot call, it would have been the defining factor if we make it or not. I think it was much more about just, like, getting the team together, you know? And I don't think shot calling is the way you get your team together. Yeah. I think we're just too separated from the get-go. We started swapping players in and out all mm -hmm, the time. Mm -hmm. Like even when we started being successful with Cly, we got yellow back, which sounds great, right? Like yellow is a better sport than Cly in, in the history of League of Legends. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I actually think it was the wrong move. I think we should have kept Cly because we went from 
being basically no one, maybe even missing playoffs. And he had to, Katowice turn Yeah, get second at Katowice, third in the spring split, uh, beating HK in the third place game, mm-hmm. 3-2, and uh, beating Vitality when they were really hyped up for the quarterfinals there. And only losing to G2, which were just really yeah. good at the time. Um, so I think it was just all these small things, like players in and out, um, not getting the team together the way you should get a team together, just made it... I just made it hard for myself, you know. So I don't actually think it was understandable, but a valuable lesson because now then that meant for 2017, I was just, you know, ready to smash it. Um, so I actually think we should have won at least one of the splits, maybe even both, because I think in Spring Split we were really good as well. Like Spring Split playoffs were really good and we might as well have won that series against G2. We're one all up and I think the second game we're like six or seven K up with a swap. Like it was crazy, crazy yeah, times. Yeah. But quick reminder. We might that as well have been two oh in that semifinals against G two. Yeah, there was a lane them. swap with Twitch yeah. and stuff. And if we got two oh up, probably would have won that series as well, because we had all the momentum with us. And then we played unicorns in the finals after beating G two, which on paper sounds like a, a fair game for us, right? And then you win the spring split, go into the summer split, have the same performance, have that semifinals against Misfits, and you don't tilt. And then you have two splits, one. So I actually don't think it's understandable. I think it's. Uh, so I actually feel a bit ashamed, in a way. It's, yeah. it's interesting here. Like I definitely the think the summer split playoffs was unacceptable. I think spring. I get what you're saying with the lane swap and you guys were winning the early game in game two against G2, but not even just early. Uh, it was like 40 minutes into the game, we're sieging their base with 10k up with Baron and everything, and I just inted bot like. I definitely still felt like G2 on paper was the better overall team. You guys yeah. just had some really creative ways of playing the game that was very unusual and was really good against G2 because they were not used to randomly there's a lane swap happening. But did you not feel like it was the same in Summer Split where we were just winning games by randomness? So that's of? interesting. I feel like that was I, a lot Because Misfits actually had a good system in place for Summer Split. Like they were they not did. a bad team. They did. No, they were good. But the thing that's interesting is, is I would have agreed with you except that we talked to so many people about Fnatic, so many teams. Uh, and I mean, specifically, I think we talked to G two, and we talked to Young Buck, and he said, he said to me at least, in summer split or after summer, right. and he said we were legitimately scared mm-hmm. of Fnatic. That was because of our scrim records. We were beating everything. Yeah, and they said they said this wasn't a, like people look on stage and they just see the the cannon or the bullshit or whatever, right? And he said, but they don't understand this team was actually yeah, smart. Yeah. This wasn't like we're just cheesing with random picks. We're playing something weird. Like they were better than us on a macro level. And that's why for summer I was surprised you guys mm. didn't make the final. In spring, when when you walked into that game against G2, I came in with the mindset that G2 were the better overall team in four best of five. Mm. And there's a higher, much higher chance they're going to win than you guys. Now, obviously, full credit to some of the strategies you guys pulled out. Game three, I think kind of fell apart. For you yeah, guys. I think we got really outdrafted though, because we should have first picked Cannon, but we first picked Chen, and then they went Cannon top. And they took the Cannon, yeah. Which ended up with a really bad matchup top, and I couldn't get mm-hmm. what I wanted to play both, mm-hmm. and then we just ended up falling over in draft. And then game four was quite even, actually, I remember. We were playing like Kale Tristana or something. Oh, that was the Kale game, oh, yeah, yeah, for Caps. Yeah. Which was incredibly winnable. We got Nash, and we I remember we chased him in the mid lane, and then everyone just trolled super hard <laughs> and we all died ah oh, so many good series to yeah. go back and watch though but summer split it was mainly so i actually felt like we were better in spring than summer because really? when i went into that semi-final semi-finals against mistress i was really worried that was so interesting because from the outside perspective Fnatic had been winning and winning and winning that split. and the very last game before yeah. playoffs you beat g2 2-0 but they were not good in summer well. i think sure but like it was still like you look at it as yeah, this yeah. is g2 yeah. esports yeah. in europe of course they're gonna be great Three you know time, um, time. and then when you beat them Misfits, the team who just got sixth place, barely made it. Rocket, 
close to grabbing the spot for Misfits going to yeah. playoffs. But they came in and were like, we will hard camp mid. Super hard. And then they understood how to like close out the game as well after getting an early advantage. And that worked like against first Unicorns. And then us. And then you guys. Yeah. But of course didn't work against G2 and they got 3-0 in the fight. I think that's the, the strength of G2 though. Like they are just really good at uh, reviewing. Or was the strength of G2. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's our strength now. Actually, yeah, it is our strength now. Jungbook strength. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, to review a team and then make a good plan around what he has seen. So uh, probably for last year when he saw Misfits beat us, he just said probably took perks. Like this yeah. guy only camps mid, so, so go let's mid. not you know, die mid and then they have no chance of winning. Like, I think they're just really good, or was really good at this. All right, so let's talk about present day a little bit. We've talked a lot about the history. A lot of I, love the history, I know, though. I know, I love the history, too, because it was good series. I actually forgot how good you guys were in Spring 2. Damn, it's so yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think Spring was the best split or the best end of a split that I've had since 2015. That lane swap was sick. Because you guys won that winning streak after the really rough start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we lost the semis to uh, G2, right? But after that, we 3 0 misfits. Yeah. We go on to summer split with 2 0, 2 0. Like, we just continuously, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we had this streak for like yeah. three, four months where we we're just smashing every team. And then at the end of summer, we we're actually dropping games. That's why I don't think we were extreme by the end of summer. Like, I was worried that we did not make worlds there. I actually yeah. didn't think we should have. I think HK should have beaten us. Wow. But for some reason, they mental were bad. Block. Like, yeah, mental block, you look at their players Odoamne, Jankos, Febiven, two Koreans. And probably. And then you look how shaky we were. I don't think we should have went to Worlds. They're chokers. That was the I think that was the final thing we had to decide on for mm. the, the H2K lineup is that they just fell apart every time it mattered. And we won't It's just it. crazy when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it the actually amount is. Of the, the player capacity that they have that they are able to choke. I never thought about Fnatic not making Worlds that summer split. It's interesting, I didn't Personally. Either. Not not when it came to H2K against them in the finals, I think. But let's, um, so talking about today, I mean, it seems like this team is, is getting better and better. So is, and Sven and Mithy are gone. G2. <laughs> it's a lot easier now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so is this, is this the split? Is this the split where you guys come back and win it all? It has to be. If we don't win it now, then I don't know when we'll ever win it. Summer split. No, no. <laughs> He makes this intense emotional statement. I don't know if we can ever win it if we don't win it now. And you're like, summer. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined yeah, the I mean, moment. There are going to be more splits, splits right? But when you think about it, like the player I am, not making finals for two and a half years is just not acceptable. Yeah. And then you make that three years, and then three the and a half years. You're playing. Well, yeah, Why am well, I even playing? Yeah, league, well, let's start because now you're signed to Fnatic for three years. We're going to jump into talking a little bit more about you personally. So, you've jumped in, you're signing with three years. If you don't win, on, I mean, what yeah, happens, well, right? Uh, I actually don't know. I mean, I've already kind of made my mind that if I don't like start winning stuff now, then maybe I should consider doing something else, to be honest. Like, I actually... Would you sign a three-year deal, mate? Yeah, yeah, but what I mean is they can maybe bring in another AD carry and then I right. can take a step back, mm. be maybe a supposition and just see what's up. Like, am I actually the, the problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Because there has to be something behind me being in a team and not being successful. Like, that's just how I feel it has to be. I think not being successful, I, I understand what you mean, but... Like even I mean, I know I'm good, but yeah, yeah, but I mean also with the team, the like, last you guys, part, you, know? you guys always are fighting in top four, you know, 
yes, you've missed the last thing needed to actually make the final. That, of course, is big. And I think, I mean, it's classic as we see in football as well. If you're playing for Real Madrid, like, if you don't make finals, if you don't compete yeah, have first, to win. you know, that's it. It's just a failure time, no yeah. matter what. And I like you have that attitude. And I think Fnatic, as an organization, should have that attitude as well. But, mm. like... I, agree I just want us to be successful, right? Yeah. And if and I, by any win. means, think that we would be more successful with someone else than me, I would like to stay, take a step back and let that guy play, just yeah. watch the games, maybe, mm -hmm. the scrims, and try to learn in another way than I am now. Do you want to be a coach? Or? I mean, I could kind of be, you know, like if you're on a sub AD, you might as well watch the games and try to coach. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just want to win. So <laughs> I feel like if we don't win this year, then I should maybe reconsider. Three and a half years is a lot of time. So. All right. Yeah, but so you yeah. talk about like kind of like success, and it's very clear that like winning a split is success. It's clear that winning MSI is success. But I think international event is debatable, though. There's Koreans, so yeah, it's always hard. <laughs> I, I I understand that, but um, I just feel like winning Europe has to just be like yeah, uh, yeah. So how, a sure. job requirement how, for playing how, in Fnatic. You know, like it just okay, like be, how do you stay satisfied yeah. then on like the week to week? of just playing regular season if like the only thing that matters to you in the end is like crushing playoffs right is it just pursuit the of progress, that number i would say like if the progress is good i feel like i'm kind of satisfied i don't really care too much about uh the results in lcs like if we're winning the game in 20 minutes or 40 minutes uh, i think it's really whatever as long as the progress is good and we're actually doing stuff that we worked on in scrims on stage and people are like playing in a similar way or acting in a similar way then i'm happy because then i know when it really matters i can rely on these people around me to do their job. But when scrims are one thing, LCS is another, and then randomly we have tilt and all these things going on, mm -hmm. then I'm not satisfied, even if we're winning. Which is kind of what I felt last summer. Like, we're winning games by by randomness. So I don't want that to be the case now. I want us to win the game because we're better than enemy team. Straight up. So last uh, split, we heard a lot of talks about how scrimming was not productive, you know. Yeah. we even, I think we had Source on uh, post-game lobby say, Sometimes it felt like not playing scrims benefited the team more than, playing scrims. than actually playing yeah. scrims. But Is I that completely changed now? I don't think that was a scrim culture for Europe, though. I think that was just us. For Fnatic, yeah. yeah. It's a, it was, it was like just mental, for Fnatic. Mentally unbalanced team. Like, Is that better now, yeah. despite having four of the same players? Yeah. I think it's much better now. But that's also because of the system, you know? Like, yeah. it was so stressful to play last year when the way you won the game was by, like, solo killing or 2v2 killing or, you know, chasing them level 1 to 3 mm -hmm. or something. It was just really stressful because most of the scrims, people wouldn't fall for this because they're AFK under the tower level 1 watching Facebook or something. So, you know, we're <laughs> not getting the, the leads. <laughs> not getting... out of the game! <laughs> we're not getting the leads that we need. And then people get really stressed out and they start complaining, like, why are you not winning your lane? You were counterpicking, you, mm -hmm. you should be up in CS, you should have the pressure and then... It just becomes this war within the team that wasn't needed, which is why I think Soa said what he said. Right. But it's not like this these days. Like, we just don't have this Perfect. I mean, it, it, does, it does so feel like it just better. keeps going back to that structure. So do you feel like when someone makes a mistake, you can always point back to, like, did you do what you were supposed to do in yeah. the context of the structure rather than it being like, you're an idiot, you fucked up? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it is now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it makes me think that last year wasn't that great, even though it looked kind of great on paper. You know, you go mm. from being basically... Uh, the worst team in spring, like we were really bad in spring, like the beginning of spring, mm -hmm. you know, we were, we were shit, to making top eight worlds. It's kind of like yeah. a golden year if you look back at it, but yeah. being a part of the process, it was stressing me out. So I think this year it's going to be much better, even though the results might not be top eight worlds because that's just hard to, you know, plan for. I'm going to make a statement now. This is just about you personally, mm -hmm. now, Reckless. And 
Fragus doesn't want me to do this, but I'm going to do no, it. You do it. I want you to say if you agree or disagree with this. Yeah. You are the face of EU LCS. Yes. You agree. Yeah. Do you think there's any other players in the league right now who's up there with you in terms Source. of Source also one of the faces? Perks is getting there. Jankos is getting there. I think Maxlor dropped a lot this year. Mm-hmm. But he was he had a good opportunity to get his face on there as well. So being the face of Europe, mm-hmm. or one of the faces of Europe, how does that impact you? Because that's a lot of Focus, pressure, fame, everything. Like it feels like if if you go out in an interview and say, "Oh man, Europe suck," bunch of people are just gonna be like, "Oh my god, panic! Europe is horrible. Reckless, they're horrible. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." That's kind of how I felt when I mentioned that I was considering leaving. That was the kind of reaction to that people were panicking that the region. Europe's over. Europe's over. Everyone's Mm -hmm. gone. We're never gonna get any carry ever again. Do you think a lot about this all the time? Being like really one of the big faces. I've kind of grown. Like grown to live with it in mm-hmm. a way. I think I've just been really disciplined with myself for pretty much my entire career. Maybe not season four, but season five to to now, I've been really disciplined. So this responsibility doesn't bother me. It actually feels like maybe even a positive thing. Like it, it just keeps me going. You know, just pressures me to to do what I do best, and that's playing league. I mean, I think you know. My question would be: Is does it ever stop? Do you ever, do you feel like, I mean, we have a really tight competitive schedule year to year, right? There's not, we, you know, we there's not a ton of time for you to get free time. Yeah, if you, you go to Worlds and everything. Yeah, if you go to Worlds, if you keep qualifying for this event, do you feel like you get time not being, you know, reckless? Do you feel like you get time being Martin, just being yourself, doing things outside of League of Legends? Or are you a person that's happy with League of Legends kind of just being the end-all be-all in your life? Mm, I would say I'm happy with, yeah, League of Legends being everything. But uh, I still get time, you know, like, for example, doing script, like, for example, just like a normal week, you know, we play LCS like two games a week. It's not much time. You it's know? a little bit easier now. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the days, we're just hanging out in our office, right? Playing scrims and solo queue with each other. So that kind of feels like a time where I'm, I'm Martin and not reckless. I mean, I'm still very professional about yeah, the way yeah, I yeah. do things, right? It's not like I'm I'm trolling or anything, but... That I mean, I've kind of just been able to put the two together. You know, I don't consider myself a different person when I'm Martin yeah. and a different person when I'm reckless. You know, I've kind of just come to be both at once in a way. It's admirable. I think um, the other thing that we heard, we kind of heard Perks talking about this when there was some criticism laid back at Bjergsen, and I want to know if you feel the same way in the sense mm-hmm. that when you are the most famous player on the team, and, and in this case, probably the most famous player in Europe, do you feel like any time Fnatic does? anything bad you're instantly going to be the guy that's criticized and on yeah. the opposite end anytime I think you could see that this this split as well like i was maybe not performing as as good as i should be <laughs> in week one week two yeah week one week two maybe yeah instantly we make a segment about and then it. we did yeah my career is over right that was yeah. that was what people were saying um <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me i've kind of again you know come to live with it um but, does, does it irritate yeah. you all? Because I feel like on the flip side, when anything goes well, it's like, thank God. Thank God Reckless is on this team. He's carrying everyone to victory. Does it irritate you like when a teammate is playing really well and people just look at you instead of looking at other people? Yes, it does. I think, uh, <clears throat> like for example, someone like Caps should hear more often that he's really fucking good. Sorry for swearing. That's all good. Hey, we all swear I'm, here. It's I'm fine. Dude, I'm trying to but tell Caps he's really know? good. Yeah. And then he's like, 
but what about reckless? I'm like, but Caps, this is about you. <laughs> You're really good. You're like insane. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. Like, we're trying. We're actually trying. Really hard. I, I know how good you feel inside, you know, when someone from the outside says that you're doing yeah. stuff right. Then you really make, it makes you feel like you're spending your time well, you're living the dream life, you know, all these mm -hmm. things. Just You just get warm, you know. Everyone loves positive feedback. And I get that all the time. So I would like to share some of my warmth with my teammates. <laughs> And, you know, have them feel that as well. Because I know I'm stable either way. Like, I don't need people to tell me that I'm doing my job right. I know I'm doing my job right. So I just need my teammates to be happy, fine with life, you know, want to progress. And uh -huh. then I know we're going to win because I'm always going to be fine. I don't need anyone to tell me anything. I'm just going to do my job, play 14, 15 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm going to be good to go Damn, when we're playing our semifinals. Legends. We're actually trying really hard on the broadcast um, where we kind of talk about like what are some of the key players and uh, key players we want to highlight and key things we want to mention. Like we're trying really hard to hammer caps, you know, mm. home because like we yeah, do. Yeah, he's the MVP of our team. We do so many things on caps now. You know, I did the MVP thing. I put caps in it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the guys is like, Fnatic is really lucky, not lucky, but they've done a good job with recruiting because I think with you and Caps, you have the best like duo carry setup in yeah, Europe. I agree. Um, and Caps' problem obviously last year was, you know, there were some decision-making issues for sure. For he still Caps. has some problems with that, but I think the system helped Less. him a lot yeah, now yeah. because he didn't really know what to do last year. I think he was kind of just like when... When we had no plan in mind, he would just kind of pull his solo key tactics out and you know <laughs> go for it. But now we actually have the system in place, right? So he doesn't have to ever think mm -hmm. out of outside of the box. You know, he just has to follow the guidelines. Sorry, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna be fine. You know, yep. he, can, he can continue playing like a mechanical god and just follow the guidelines, and then we're gonna win. And uh, it, it's it's so clear. There was one game where the classic counter to fanatic came in vitality game of like. Camp, 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 a million times. But they already the following game, like Broxa was much more focused on vision around mid lane, uh, but being around for potential counter gangs. And then suddenly, teams are not just able to hard camp mid. And then teams haven't actually figured out ever since because you guys have been on a winning streak. Mm. Um, so far, also, I also think with Fnatic, and I want to hear if this is something you agree with or, or, or you've noticed, but I've noticed a lot of teams in Europe who find success now. Um, stepped away from doing 1-3-1 comms and drafted a super strong teamfight comms. Mm -hmm. uh, it was actually what kind of happened at the start of the split when the meta was just pure late game teamfight. But then some teams kind of tried to divert it and do different things. I've noticed with you guys... It's just too easy to stall, I think. So you need, you right. need a strong teamfight comp. It's if you can't fight, you're not going to win. Yeah, like the corky double AD carry comms yeah. with tanks in front of them. It's like super sick late game teamfight. As gathering storm, you might as well take it. I mean, right there. Reckless... <laughs> Currently holding the mid lane, not split pushing in a side lane because it's not necessary. Yeah. You know, let Caps go grab the wave and then let him regroup mid and then bam, another strong team fight. Your Unicorns of Love draft, where you guys had, it was Galio, Javan, some other top lane who could dive the back line. And then I think you were just left as, as an AD carry in the back. Yeah, and I was then, playing Sivir. Uh, yeah, you were playing Sivir. Uh, yeah, and there was Alistar. was Vladimir top lane. Yeah, Vladimir top lane. Oh, it was God. everything. Was like, I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, yes. The moment they can group, this is going to be so sick. Yeah, and then, I like, think, group smack. I don't think Sivir was that good of a pick for me, but I knew that for the comp it was really good. I could just press ult and everyone else yep. dies. 
Yeah, all and then ended up thinking of Vlad anyway. So. And you guys have been doing this now for basically five, six games in a row. Yeah. And it seems to really be the recipe for success, at least for Fnatic. These mm. like team fighting comps and rely on the double carry setup with you and Cam. I mean, I think it should be for everyone because you just can't end end the game. You know, there's mm -hmm. too much wave clear, too much late game. Um, priority meta on like almost every role. Like top lane has GP, Camille. Maybe not Gnar, but Vlad. Yeah. Uh, all these all these champions are just insane late game. You know, mid and AD speaks for itself. It's always a late game role. But the fact that Top also now has a late game champion, uh, or three of them actually, mm -hmm. that are like really good. And then jungle and support can just play a tank. Like you must be able to fight. If you can't fight, you're not gonna win. That's just yeah. how it is. Uh, as for the silent thing that you mentioned earlier, um, one of the reasons as to why I was playing so much silent last year was because Caps could not play silent. Like oh, he actually did not know when he should do what on the side lane. Uh -huh. He was really good at playing mid. He, he, like he was legit just, you know, you put him mid and he would just 1v2, 1v2, 1v4, you know, like they could send how many they want and he would normally, in most cases, just hold the wave on his own or maybe even kill a guy and be fine. Sometimes, you know, he had the games when he was over, over extending sure, or whatever sure. and he would die and would lose mid tower and it looked really terrible. But for the most part, it was actually fine putting him mid putting me side and we would get pressure through that uh, because he was just so good at playing mid and i was so good at playing side through uh, with my with my experience you know mm -hmm. i have so much game knowledge now that i can just i can just know exactly what what i need to do on the sideline to get ahead 100 cs five levels like yeah i'm just that far ahead i think in game knowledge in comparison to most of these rookies that we have now um but we tried to teach him side laning or i guess young buck was the one that taught him ultimately like what he actually needed to do because I, I was really trying last year like i was actually doing reviews with him where i was trying to explain what he needs to do when he needs to move when, what wave yeah. he should push yeah so that his wave bounces back he gets the farm you know in two three minutes he has this period where he can say i can move now they if they don't catch top now they're gonna lose a lot of farm we're gonna get ahead in levels you know he like when he could learn all these things i felt like he could be really good but i couldn't teach him it like i really tried to but i didn't really feel like i could but then young came in just had a couple of presentations and boom like caps Caps can just do what I did on side presentations. Huh? I, I keep hearing about. We need them presentations. <laughs> I feel like I could actually be decent <laughs> in League of Legends. I need one last thing on this split push thing. Uh -huh. I need you to give what you find to be the most important tip for people in solo queue who wants to learn to be side good in side lanes. Uh, they just have to learn wave management. They just have to know which waves you should push and which you shouldn't. And I don't want to say too much because I know yeah, that of course not. some just pro players might listen to this and try to pick up. Every on pro player listens to this. Trust <laughs> 100%. Why I'm pushing which wave and then they can maybe make plans like he's going to push that wave because he said uh -huh, in the uh -huh. podcast that he will push that wave, you know. <laughs> but long story short, if you do it a bit and you know that the cannon pushes the non-cannon wave, then you can set up some good stuff for yourself. You know, you can push the right waves. Uh, you can move when your wave is going to push back to you, force the enemy to match you. Like, let's say you push your side wave, you know it's going to bounce back to you by either pushing it into the tower or pushing a non-cannon wave versus a cannon wave. You can move mid, force the enemy to match you mid, stand there for one minute, and then go back top and you catch three waves. The enemy lost mm -hmm. four waves or something. Then you do it again, go back mid, force him to match you, wait five minutes, and you're five levels up. So the answer is not to stay in the side lane for the entire game long, guys. No. You do have to move towards mid lane. I think I is, was kind of pushing it a bit last year. Which you know? is like, I think I was doing it right, though. Like, the wave management was really good. I was actually <laughs> oh, yeah, ahead yeah, yeah. almost every, every game. Every player praised your wave management. Yeah, so. by like four or five levels. But at some point, I should have also grouped. But I, I, don't, I think that was more champion-related than... Uh, me not knowing when to group. I think when I was playing Canon, I just felt like if I group, I'm I'm really useless. But if I stay on side lane, no one can do anything about, is... about it. So.
It's okay. Yeah. Deficio has struggled with this too. He is notorious for literally never grouping ever. It's but anyways, true. it's better to have your AD mid than it is to have it side lane. Yes. And I like I agree. Once now we can have caps on side lane, I should be mid. I say this every game, you know, once the tier ones are down <laughs> on the side lane. I'm going mid. If you're mid as well, I'm sorry, I'm taking your You're changed now. man. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. You're demanding the it. mid lane. I love it. And then Caps just does it right in side lane. You know? like, yeah. I, see, I see him doing what I'm doing, so I'm just happy. Because he, he is the new Reckless, you know? He's up levels, he's fucking fed, and sorry for spraying So he's not teenage <laughs> he's figure the new anymore, reckless. baby figure? He's the new Reckless. He's reckless. Baby Reckless. That's oh the And I, I just need to play Ezreal and W him for some attack speed. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Ezreal, please. I'm very happy. No, actually, I hate Ezreal. I really do. I'm I'm like the worst Astral as well. I feel like he's Actually, so lackluster in Europe. <laughs> I'm fine Astral. No, but he's so lackluster right. in Europe, I feel like. Uh, Astral is a bad champion yeah. in general. Oh. I just tanked too many bands, dude. <laughs> eight, eight champions out of ten in two games. Right. Where's my jinx? We are all over the place, so I'm going to bring uh -huh. it in, and we're going to transition into Maybe our next, next segment. All right, it's time for our next segment. It is the EUphoria podcast, EU LCS League of Legends power rankings. Very long time. Halfway through, I figured out that I had said too many words, so I thought I'd say just get them all in there. Um, so just as a recap, this is what we had. I'm going to tell you the last week's and the standings. So last week we had first place Vitality, second place Fnatic, third place G2, fourth place Shalka, fifth place Spice, sixth is Rockat, seventh Giants, eighth Misfits, ninth Unicorns of Love, and tenth H2K. We should write that down for the dear Reckless so he doesn't uh, forget it instantly. Yeah, all right. You work on that, and I will tell you the current actual standings, which are Fnatic, G2, and Vitality tied for first. So we were kind of close in that regard. Giants and Misfits and Splice and also Rockat tied for fourth. Oh joy, so many ties. Schalke are eighth place. H2K a surprise ninth after a 2-0 week and Unicorns of Love in tenth. So, our new job is to make an update, a power ranking, where we actually think that people state and see how it compares with the current standings. Now, we usually, uh, Reckless, how we do this is we... Thank you. That was last week. All right, thanks. How we look, we look back and we, just, we usually start in 10th place because we find it's easier. Um, but now, is it easier? Is it easier? Ooh. So, this is my question. Let's just start with it. Who is the worst team in the EU LCS right now? It is still between... Unicorns of Love and H2K. Do you, you think so? Do you agree For with what, that? Or, or I would say Giants. Yeah, I would say Giants as well. It's the other option. Giants or HK maybe, but HK have Juke, so maybe Giants. Uh, yeah, HK. But Juke is good as well. Actually, I but think HK look better. The Jungers are better. pretty good, but his teammates are not that great. So what? <laughs> Giants is interesting. I think Unicorns of Love and H2K, no one in the world would argue it's a safe bet. They're at the bottom of the standings. But Giants, what makes them bottom place contenders? So I think the games, first of all, the games have gotten a lot faster. Um, there's a lot more happening, especially around mid-games, which is when laning phase starts ending, where teams are getting really big advantages. And I think Giants, and we said this multiple times. Has uh, no macro. Yeah. They, they abused the fact that they could draft full late game and teams couldn't end games, and they would eventually get to a late game teamfight state where they could just start winning teamfights. Also, Joker is really good early, so I think they got early advantages from him. Which they would actually fair, yeah. they would lose actually again. Lose they the would lose them again yeah, in the mid game. But before, yeah. when teams couldn't end, that yeah, would give yeah. them a lead on a carry. That carry could just scale up and carry. And I think for me, I was <laughs> I was hyped on this team because I thought Ruin was doing really well, and I also thought Steelback was out of the the perpetual bad habits that he's had across his career, usually with not being super active uh, in the game. And I think he's going back to that as they've started to lose. Which is, it it feels to me like you can't. Even if, let's say, the strategy still worked where they just didn't play macro, waited for late game and out team fought, you need a carry who's going to be reliable in those scenarios. And I feel like Steelback is no longer that. So, 
Hmm. This is tough. I, mean, I actually think putting them as the worst current team in the EULCS is fair. Same. Despite their record of 5-5. Five and Because five. it just trust, doesn't matter I how trust, many games uh, you want to start. I trust Chuk selfie combo. So, so that's the thing. Is this right? Is that it feels... I think it feels bad and some people are going to be pissed because they're 5-5. Five and five, But I think that... That doesn't matter. That's the start. This is a power ranking, baby. All right. Giants, 10th place. Now... Unicorns Love and H2K Gaming are the two easiest, but do you have any other suggestions for, for ninth? I mean, Schalke is in the debate, but... Oh, I, Schalke has to be better than this I, I, Yeah, I, I, no way. I cannot put them there because, like, they are playing, if you base it on last week, like a bottom team. Yeah, uh, the upset was really trolling last week. There's no way trolls uh, And two weeks ago. Uh, you yeah, but... You know, trolled as well. There has to be the some thing point. Is, the thing is, is it's like... Schalke play like 75% of a perfect game, right? They do a lot of good stuff. And it's stuff. way easier yeah, for me to believe. Us. Yeah, yeah. They were winning that game. That's right? what they, they, died mid. they have to be higher. I just want to put the name in that little discussion. Because mm. let's make uh, it clear. This is not... These guys are might not make playoffs. I think it's important that we mention that Schalke I think they are, are not looking great. I think they would. I can see them not make playoffs. I think it's a possibility. I think they have to with the lineup they have. I think they are better than the teams uh, they are fighting with mm. right now down the towards the bottom but I have this little fear it's just fear. one game you know they might as well be 5-5 five, five, and then we would not talk yeah. about them this week though I think they play um, they play at least one match that's really difficult Shaka uh, Misfits and Shaka Splice so so actually well, both matches yeah both matches uh, are interesting if, let's just say they go 0-2 this week those yeah. are two teams they're fighting against for playoffs right now yeah. and then there's only three weeks left but I actually think uh, Shaka is better than Misfits right now so I would not that's be surprised if they beat them Okay, so let's let's lock in number nine. Number nine. If, if Schalke is not a contender, it's then let's HK talk about who it is. I would say HK. I like what HK are doing much more than they did before because before they were god awful and did nothing. Um, I think the game against Rocket was that was a classic clown fiesta, which mm. was all over the place. So I think putting them number nine, but with potential to definitely go higher for next week, is fine. Because I mm. like the Shook selfie thing. Putting like, unicorns above I think they're going to get worse. I don't think HK is going to get better. You think they're going to go... as a, So they, they're number nine now. Do you I think, think they, they had their honeymoon phase last week. And now they're going to get worse and worse and worse. And then they're going to end somewhere where they are now. I feel like Shook brought experience and an, an element of shock calling to a team that had no shock calling at all. Mm. And I think if you look at the individual talent on the lineup, uh, I think selfie is individually good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying anything about their players. I just think as a team, they just don't seem to do anything. You know, they just play the lanes and hope for the best. Kind of. I mean, they were a lot more active with. Which Shuk. is what we did last year. Sure, yeah, that sure, didn't work out sure. too bad. I mean, let's put them. Do so you think Unicorns are better than Ashley yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah. I'm willing to give it. I'm. It's hard for me to say either way. But if you really believe that this is like just the honeymoon phase and no falter, then I can easily see H2K being a team that collapses. In a and week. then we lose to them now, and everyone just yeah. yeah and so then you get mean forever. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna collapse. I think they actually will go slightly higher. But, no, I don't think so either. Uh, I just don't think they will get better. Okay. Yeah. Let's put in number nine. So and I'll then, put them nine. Uh, number eight. Easy unicorns. Unicorns. Is unicorns anyone well. else? Yeah. Yeah. Now this is a team that we've already talked about on the podcast, and it feels like they are improving. They are getting better. Exile is slowly. They are good for a team who's two and eight. Like they are. I think Cold is good. I think the highest praise you can really give any team, right? They're good for a team who is two and eight. (laughs) 
I mean, it's true. I mean, there you go. I'll take it. All right, now it gets really yeah, difficult. Yeah, okay, now so... It's, now it's hard. Now we have this Seven. mess of a group. Who is not making playoffs is always like who I, how I like to ask this question. If, if we went into playoffs right now, or let's say that you had to play to get into playoffs, who would not make the cut? Rocket. Over Schalke right now. Yeah, I think Rocket will make it. Hmm. I'm concerned about... All the teams sit here. From Misfits okay. to Splice here, here's to the thing. Here's the, here's the like, Misfits must be able to pick it up. They have so but much But where experience. are they at? Where are they at currently? Let's say that. Are Misfits right now, coming into this week, better than 7th place in terms of the league? I don't think As so. As for a power, power ranking, I don't think uh, they should be in playoffs. But for playoffs, they're going to be there. Yeah, for playoffs, they're going to be there. Okay, so that rhetorical question didn't work in this case. But... I mean, it, right it is now. a power ranking, so you it might is, as well. Yeah, put, yeah. In, on my list, it would be seventh right now. To me, it's uh, it's between Misfits, Rocket. Literally, this is a, this is the hardest part of the power rank because top three is still easy because if we believe it all in Vitality, Fnatic and G two are clearly playing well. But like, I think Splice, Splice might be better than Vitality actually, right now. No way, dude. No way. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> Spice's uh, early game is still a big problem. They 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 have huge. They've actually they play good against us, but actually I don't know. So we were getting destroyed, but like I don't know if you were watching it on the stream, but Kasing was really smurfing. He had two max range tornadoes uh, uh-huh. predicted. You know, like yeah. I stand in the middle, he shoots a tornado. I walk up, it hits me. I walk down, it hits me. You know, he did this twice, and I had to base, and I was like ten or fifteen CS down, and then they don't base. They just stay there. Let me push in the wave, stay again, my support bases, comes back, they're still here, they haven't based yet, I have tier, my support has upgraded Targon, and then they die. But if they just play like a normal team and base, mm-hmm. and use their bot lane advantage, they would have won that early game. I like the bot lane a lot on Spice, but I think mid-top jungle in the early game, there's zero synergy at the moment, and mm. they don't have any of the soul laners they can play around, other than Odamna yeah. on a carry if he picks one, which he doesn't do very often. Mm. Um, so... That's my problem with Spice's early game. Uh, I actually think Kobe and Kasing are, are doing pretty well. I think especially Kobe in the late game is, is really, really good. And Kasing plays these champions that are so good at allowing Kobe to be really aggressive, like Zillion and Janna. Um, but, I mean, we had Lulu in that game, right? No, I was playing Janna, I guess. Oh, that was the other game yeah. where they picked it. There was a Lulu, yeah. Okay, so number seven. Seventh place. This is hard. It's hard, I know, because it's easy to distract you. Because it misfits. It's so contested. I'd go Rocket personally. I actually don't know. I think I'd say... <laughs> Shit, I'd say Misfits. Two versus one, then. Yeah, it's, it t- it's hard, but I... I think... I don't know, Misfits have way more problems than I expect them to, and Rocket are already... <laughs> to me, then, it goes Misfits, Rocket, Shalgis, Splice. If I had to propose my list going upwards... You think Rocket is worse than Shalgis? I think Rocket... I just... No, actually, that's fair. Uh, that's it's unfair for me to, to put Rocket. Rocket Splice, right? Yeah, I think Rocket. With Rocket, I'm just I'm so scared every week of which how they play because the one week everything falls apart for them. They try and play one three one. Uh, they execute like half of it, and then the other half is just a horrible mess. Um, Blank doesn't get ahead, or they overextend in a side lane, or they they group randomly for a team fight despite playing one three one, and then they lose the fight. And I'm just like, what's going on? But then the next week. They're like, oh, okay, let's try a full late game team fight again. And then they actually play the late game team very really well. Like, Hikyu uh, ends up doing like a ton of extra damage, and Memento, I think, is the really good. The game doesn't count, though. 
You can't, you can't uh, put this percentage as an astral. Right? Fine, fine. But uh, I think both Rocket and Schalke are, are very inconsistent in what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, which is why they're kind of bouncing around. But I think it's fair to push Schalke under them, uh, also based on what we saw last week where they got a pretty bad 0-2, um, despite yeah. having some really good things. Like, I hate Schalke because I love the way they're trying to play the game. I think they're... I, I, I love the fact that... They don't take big gambles, 50-50s. They try and actually kind of Yeah, they follow. play properly. Yeah, they try and play the game just properly. Just Upset is trying to run out of his cage, you know. But why, Upset? You just... He's trying to get those Reddit clips, but it's not going When he died to you guys in that mid lane where you, he gets hit by like every skill shot yeah. in a row. I mean, he's really just trying to get a Reddit clip, I think. Like, but, he's really walking uh, up and trying to, you know, out-to-range out to me. Like hit me once and I don't hit him back, you know. But then I mean, I EQ and put him to half. I mean, so. yeah, and then he got a big rocket and then he got. Yeah, he got I think it's hard because on one hand, we're, but the 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 play he makes has no purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's he, no reward. Yeah, he doesn't think twice. You know, he just sees yeah, yeah. I can auto this guy, so I'm gonna auto this guy. But he doesn't think <clears throat> what would auto him do. Like yeah. it doesn't do anything to auto me there. I have life steal. It's an alpha move. I yeah. mean, I think maybe exactly. He's, yeah, he's, he's trying he's to just get, trying to get above you. the Reddit stuff. So, but, but that's why I actually think Shaggy is the better team. But based on the last week... Yeah, but week, this is I, current, I, current power yeah, yeah. right? Not potential for growth. But what, uh, because of what you mentioned earlier is why I don't think Rocket will make... They're just... You know, they don't have this thing about them that makes you feel like they're going to be good in five weeks. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think Shaggy does because they actually have... They didn't have systems. idea of what they want to do mm. in the game. Just, yeah, Upset is running a bit wild sometimes. But it's not like a hard fix, you know. He just doesn't have to int it, and then they won. Like, yeah, I mean, if they put Nuketuck on a carry and say Nuketuck, we focus around you. Upset, you. Don't. But Nuketuck hasn't been that great either, has he? I think last week was bad for him. I think the week before he was. I mean, really he good. Hard fed caps. In the yeah, yeah, that was, that was. So rough. his last week yeah. was really not that good. Was, no one knows what happened in mid lane other than Caps said he mind controlled him into inting <laughs> two kills to him. And we can't prove that wrong. One, one kill is like an arguable misplay. The second kill, he literally walked into a creep wave at 150 health yeah. with a corky with every ability. He thought he could E out. Yes. Which actually happened twice. It's the same thing he did twice. Yeah. That was bad. Sometimes it's confusing. Gallo right. has to go backwards before he goes forwards. It's tough. It's so for now, it's like easy fixes, you know? I mean, yeah, that one he won't do again. There's not a fix. But it's just. Soon teams are gonna be better than them, and that's just how it is. Now we have a top four, and this is fun because you're here, and Fnatic is in the top four. So, I mean, sp- we are one. Sp- thank you. Spoiler. I don't know. I think I got G two in one. Splice, Vitality, G two, Fnatic are the remaining ones. So Vitality. I'm actually. I'm just gonna uh, ask this question. If Vitality plays Rocket, based on what we just saw. Mm-hmm. Does Rocket beat Vitality? I mean, based on what we just like, yes. I think that's going to be a close game, yeah. And that's because, why I would put Vitality fourth. Yeah. Because I don't think Splice versus Rocket would be a close game. I think Splice would beat them. I, but So are you basing the Splice top three a lot on scrims? or I can't say. Yeah, because on stage with Splice... Um, They're AFK. They yeah. are AFK in the Except for game. the Giants game where... Because they, Giants are a 10th place just, team. I'm just not that great at making a power ranking because I'm just thinking about think so much doing, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think you're doing a very good job. This makes it interesting. Here's the thing is that I think we have, to Spice's credit, because I was really, really down on Spice when they were only playing around Kabe and every single game was hard, hard lose early game into stall for late game. But they did versus H2K and versus Giants show that they can play 1-3-1, that they can put Kabe on a decent top laner and snowball him. Yes, Giants are now our 10th place team. Yes, the other team was H2K before Shook came. Mm-hmm. But I like that they're trying shit now. I think that they have shown progression, which was my biggest complaint about the team before. 
but as much as I agree with uh, Vitality currently being on a downtrend, based on what we have on stage across five weeks, you know, they are better than Splice. They are better than Splice. Now, last week, Splice went one on one. They stomped Giants in that game, and then they played against you guys. Obviously, uh, I actually feel like this talk about Schalke made me think they're better than they are. But I'm actually like, so the talk ah, about Schalke actually made me. I actually want to swap Schalke and Misfits. I want to put Schalke number seven right now. <laughs> but no, we're not going back. Yeah, right, we're taking fine, too long to make a fine, power rank. Yeah, the people fine. need to know. Yeah. Number right. four. I would. I, I. I propose Splice for number four. I propose Vitality. Drake, as you get to the side. Am I constantly the tiebreaker? I'm gonna say Splice. I'm, they haven't proven enough to me. If they pull out something other than scale with Kabi against a top team. Because they still haven't really beaten a top team. They've but beaten to, middle of the pack, they've uh, beaten bottom of the pack. Because scaling is still fine way to play the game. In many it ways, it's the, the correct way to play the game. The, game. So, the reason no, why no, the no, games no. are faster now is because teams are better. It's not because yeah. late game is worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I agree. And that's fine. They can play late game if they want to. But they can't hard lose every early game. That's not playing for late game. That's just being bad. Yeah. Like, you can't give up three towers with Caitlyn and go, okay, guys, it's fine. We're scaling. Like, that's not an argument to me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it has gotten better. I will give them that credit. I, I, will give... I guess I just feel like the last time we played them, they should have beaten us early. But they made like a that's one of the problems, right? decision yeah. on their bot lane. Like, uh, I mean, okay. the jungler's not active enough. Splice number struggles. four. You broke the tiebreaker. I did. Splice, dude. Vitality definitely number three then. They keep yeah. going up. Not, not in the discussion for number one and two. This is, yep. And I think... And here we go. <laughs> in the lieu of saving time, leave Vitality as they are. We'll hit them harder next week. G2 versus Fnatic, boys. Let's go. I actually want to hear what it. you think about G2 and why they're better than us. Uh, so, what I yeah. absolutely love about G2 right now is, one, uh, I think they have the two best performing... Uh, or they have two of the absolute best performing soul laners in Perks and Wonder. I think Jankos uh, has developed so much as a player that... He's actually putting a ton of focus on on vision now as a jungler, on playing around the correct lane. It's not about early game at all for him, and it's made him a better all-around player without the same highs he used to have when he was like 10-0 on Lee Sin, mm. but just way more consistent, way more stable. So when I watch G2 play, I already now, six weeks into it, see a team who plays the game properly, they don't take big chances. They really understand what the enemy team needs to do to win. I especially saw that against Vitality mm. when they're like, okay, we know Vitality's win condition is they have to like win top and win bot lane Snowball, in the yeah. laning phase. Uh, Galio never make an aggressive play. Yeah, Literally just play, just safe. play safe. Constantly, Perks would like move from his lane into a side lane brush. When he knew, okay, there's a chance to make a play bot side, he would go into the brush. They would back away. He would just go back to mid. Mm. And these kind of plays where like they're clearly reading what the enemy team needs to do to win. And they just shut it down so hard early game without even doing anything huge. Uh, makes them so clean in how they play the game. And I think their late game team finding has gotten a lot better. So I'm a huge fan of what G2 is doing. Now, I think the weakness will be the bot lane. And that is a problem for them. I agree. Where I can see uh, them struggle a bit when it comes to playing at the absolute highest level. Uh, because while Jan and Wadid had a better week than they've had in the past... They're not the stars right now. And Yannan is not adding the same value I think some of the best AD, best performing AD carries are right now. And maybe it's because he doesn't have to because he has Wonder on GP and he has perks on like whatever Zoe carry he can get. Um, but I, I think G2 are super well-rounded. I love how the top half is playing. And I think they're going to beat Fnatic All this right. week. I like the monologue and I appreciate the monologue. But now it is your turn. 
Reckless. Tell me about why is fanatic, why the, greatest is fanatic the greatest team? Can I give my opinion on your You mm-hmm. give, yeah, that's good too. Okay. So I agree. I think Jankos is smurfing every game and Perks as well. Oh. I think those two are just uh, really, really good. Like both of them together and apart. Like they're just really good players and they do almost everything right. Like I barely see any mistakes from either it's one of them. It's sexy to watch. Isn't yes, it? they oh. are. They are really, really good. Uh, as for Wunder, mm. what are you basing your statement on? Like actually watching his play or the stats? Uh, so I would have I know to admit, you guys are really focused on the stats and uh, I, 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 I never I never try to jump too much into the stats because I always want the context around it. So I'm trying to mix it on both things mm-hmm. um, personally. I think the guy used to have a bad habit of overextending in lane. Yes, and people could, I did like, kill him a lot of times last Yeah, time. and you could like gank and kill him. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening right now. It might be because teams are not always playing around topside, especially if he's playing GP. You just kind of leave him on an island, even yep. though technically you can actually go up and punish him if you're playing against him. But I don't see him dying in the early game. I always see him up you know, in the laning phase in terms of CS. I I, I, I see him teamfight really well, which also was a bit of a problem for him in the past. So mm. I just see a lot of improvement from Wonder. He, he seems to be a player who's playing with less pressure because he's not the main carry, which he was on Splice. Yep. He's dropped the whole, I need to constantly be in the face of the enemy tower or enemy player under his turret so you can just gank him a million times. And I think it's just made him a much better overall player. And I think the current meta, and the fact he's playing tanks plus GP, actually has benefited him a lot. And he doesn't need to be a big carry because he has perks. Yeah, it is a wonder meta when you think about it. He's really good at these. It's a new wonder meta because he used to be just. Fiora I mean, he was always a bruiser player, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kled and all these Kled, champions. Renekton, Rumble. Yeah, all these champions Mar. were his champions. Yeah. He was really, really good at these. What do you think about Wonder? I think he's really overrated. Should have uh, been your overhead player then. Well, I was wanted to pick an AD. Okay. Since I'm an AD, but I thought, like, whenever someone was talking about like MVP candidates, not you, but I saw on the broadcast, for example, they were saying that this guy is like really, really good, maybe the number one. Candidate for oh, MVP. you saw the stats one medic. Yeah, that was purely based on stats. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just just feels like everyone's saying this guy is the best. There's no you know no debate sure, about sure. it. And I don't want to put Soas in there either because I know Soas ints like fifty percent of the games. But I think Wunder doesn't do that much for the team. Like when mm. I watch the games, I can see he has a CS lead. I can see he's pushing his lane. But that's it. You know, I that's don't see the next other Okay. Lane. I don't see him making any plays. I don't see him moving from his lane. He's just playing top lane. And uh, that's why I don't consider him mm. a threat when you go up against G2. I'm really scared of Jankos personally. And I'm really scared of Perks because I know these people do the right things to win the game. But I don't feel like I have this from Wunder. I don't feel like I have this from Yarnan. Maybe Vardid is 50-50. I think he's I think really a different meta from Vardid, maybe. Yeah, but I think he's really good sport, though. I think he does like a lot of mechanical yeah, things yeah. really well. Yeah. And uh, it's sometimes like, hard to play against him when it's on something like Alistar because he actually does the combos right. He doesn't just walk up and WQ mm-hmm. you and then hope mm-hmm. that you are you know, incapable of pressing your stuff. But he actually does like Q flashes or flanks you and does many of the things right. So I guess those three would be my I'm scared of. Uh-huh. <laughs> rather than Wunder and Yarnan. But and that's, that's enough for you to say Fnatic? Yeah, uh-huh. I think so. Because I know Soas is going to do just fine top and he's going to be really like involved in winning the game, probably more than Wunder. And maybe he will fall behind in CS, sure. Maybe after the game people will say Wunder was the better top because he had 20 CS lead. But I know that Soas will contribute towards mm-hmm. winning the game. I know Cavs will be just fine mid. I know we're going to have a really good early game plan so Broxa doesn't fall behind from Jankos and his crazy invades that he usually pulls off. I, know, I also know that we're more than fine bot and we're most likely going to win our lane unless they get Tristana for free, which has happened almost every game for a good while now. 
I don't know actually how it's possible, but it looks like when you watch G2 draft, everyone's like, oh my god, we can't play against four champions of perks, <laughs> and you have ban three or pick one, or they're like, oh my god, Jankos is so good, what do we do? And then they just ban like two junglers, pick one, hope they doesn't pick ban two more, and then he carries anyways. But I think the proper approach is pushing their, not bad members, but weaker members. Don't reveal too much ahead of the <clears> game. <throat> no, it's fine. <clears throat> I'm just, I mean, it's an obvious thing. You don't give a team Tristana like that. It's sure. not a reckless thing anymore. It's a generic thing now. Uh, you just don't give their worst members like free champions like GP and Tristana. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you are not the carry for a team playing these champions, it's really simple. Like, anyone can play Tristana <clears throat> if you're a decent AD carry. You can just play this champion and carry the game. Like, it's really so not that hard. We have to make a decision here. And I'm, we're, Thank you. We're rounding out. We're never going to agree. We're never going to 100%. You're not convinced. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say. It's gonna be a good game. Like it's gonna be oh, a yeah. game. It's gonna be a damn. It's not gonna game, be one-sided by any means. But I do believe that we are better as a full team, as a five-man. Mm -hmm. They might be winning one v ones here and there, but I think when it really comes down to it, forty minutes into the game, we're playing a team fight. We're gonna win. Mind-blowing change in Fnatic versus G two that it might be Fnatic's teamwork. Compared to G2's individual ability, which I is mean, actually we do have the kinda, secret agents in Young Bucks, so turned around hell, last dude. time. So the, okay. thing, the thing for me is, and this is boring, but both teams we are tied. Like I, I cannot reasonably say one team gets slightly above the other one. We have Young Bucks, so we are first. Dragos, uh, you do the tiebreaker. Damn it, every time. I mean, if the teams are uh, the same, then you should compare the coaches, right? Young Buck versus Grabs, or Dylan Young Buck versus right. Grabs. It's two one. That's true. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say Fnatic. Okay. We put Fnatic first. I'm gonna then. say Fnatic. When we have this discussion next week and Reckless is not here and G2 beats Fnatic, <laughs> I'm gonna pay for the my. The first sins. thing we do is we lock G2 you first place. Nail me to the cross, dude. The I will first be first. thing I will we do is ready. we lock them first. And what if we win? What and if you, you win, then uh, oh, that's where we have these. Then bets, you have to man. publicly apologize. I will definitely publicly Hold apologize. On. Hold on, wait. Okay, okay. We're wait. gonna predict. Okay. And you guys will probably predict the G2 Fnatic match, believe it or not, and then you can lay down some stakes. Save it for the quick shots. Now it is time for our final segment of the day. It is Quick Shots, our Quick Fire Production segment. I'm going to say some matchups. I'm going to say go. You're going to tell me who's going to win. We're going to see who's right in the end. As an update, weeks two through four, it was tied. Deficio 17, Guess 17. Now, unfortunately for the guests, Alfari has been our worst <laughs> guest ever. He got three out of ten in the predictions, with Deficio getting seven out of ten. So... Now coming into week five, Reckless can save the guests, can stop Deficio from being embarrassed for the rest of his professional career, but he's, it's going to take some work because he's digging out of a four prediction deficit at this point. And it's fine if you want to give up already. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting no at minimum seven out of ten each week. <laughs> Min well, didn't you get five out of ten on the first week? Yeah, but that was another lucky one. We're going to predict week one and be a one. You know? like, who cares? They did okay. the dart thing in NA, and yeah, that was they, more correct. The dart so. was, yeah, more accurate. All right, so we're going to get into it. And we have go. to get the goal first, and then we say yeah, who wins. Yeah, so I'm going to say matchup, go, and then you tell me who wins. Just, no, no explanation. Just a just word. Say the just team. a word. Just, just the same the time? Team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. I'll figure it out if I can hear it. All right. <laughs> All right. So first up, Vitality versus Giants, go. Vitality. Vitality. That was easy. All right. Unicorns of Love versus Splice. 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 All right. I mean, you guys are both going to get the same amount right if you never do anything different. Just saying. Um, Rocket versus G2. 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 Yeah. See, here I could have gone Rocket because they always beat G2. You can't go five minutes about G2 and then say... I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, know. Second, but I have to go to G2. Rocket. It's not going to work. All right, one-sided game so far. Fnatic 
versus H2K. Go. Fanatic. Fanatic, yeah. Oh, not going to go for bold prediction points there, huh, Martin? Or Deficio, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Schalke versus Misfits, go. Ooh, I'm going Misfits. Schalke. Oh, there it is. There's the first one. All right. Giants versus H2K, go. H2K. H2K. All right. Rocket versus Unicorns of Love, go. Unicorns of Love. Rocket. I also like to say I'm glad that we put HK above Giants and you predicted that because the first time we did this, we we put someone in like third. Yeah, and we picked it against them. And then they picked against them (laughs) and it didn't match the power rankings at all. Um, Next up is Misfits Vitality. Misfits Vitality. I'm predicting a 0-2 week again for Vitality. Schalke versus Splice, go. Splice. Splice. All right. Final one, G2 versus Fnatic. Fnatic. G2, there it is! All right, now we can talk stakes. You guys said in the previous segment that it's it's time to lay it down. All right, Reckless, so... Reckless, you said you had an idea. <clears throat> Each time when uh, someone was playing Cannon before, you would always tweet out about it and say that I was the only one that was allowed to play Cannon. So my suggestion is <clears throat> if we beat G2, you tweet... Reckless is the only guy that is allowed to play AD carry, and everyone else is only allowed to play Marksman. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. And that's a good tweet. you can give me something spicy as well. And that's good sure tweet. I love it. I what love do we it. got the other way around? What do we got? Fishy, what do you got? That's the tough one. It could be something like uh, Reckless tweeting, he will never, ever disagree with me again on uh, who is the best team in Europe. That could be one, but it's not spicy. I can call not... you Martin Morning for the rest of your life if you Have you ever seen that show? No. Never? I don't think so. Is oh. it a Swedish one? I actually don't know if it's a Swedish one. I just Martin grew up Martin. watching it in the morning. Wait, Martin go- Morning. Can yeah. you Google it here? Just uh, Google it. Quick. This is <laughs> Martin Morning. Uh, it's sound. Martin. He's like a secret Google. agent or something. Interesting. I don't know. I don't think enough people understand what that is. All right, is. come on. We need something back we need, here. We need Maybe spicy. Swedish, actually. What am I getting? What am I getting when G2 wins? Oh, it's a cartoon. It's a French. What do you want? What do you like? What is like something that only Reckless can give you? I mean, let's not get that dirty. Let's no. <laughs> uh, well, you did say I was big like two hours ago. <laughs> Drake has started it. I followed along. Uh, um, I mean, it's getting boring with the greatest analyst of all time. So yeah, it is. Cause we got, we got I get that, that every week. Um, we can do. A, do we want to? What do about that Fisher Denmark? mask the the viewers had? <gasps> yes. Yes. So. Did you see this? I did not see. So that. we had a bunch of awesome Danish fans who came down last week with a bus oh, the, to watch the show. Those were Deficio masks because yeah, I saw they yeah. were wearing some sort of yeah, mask, yeah. but I did so not know what it was. Apparently, they got Deficio masks, which now I know I sound like a guy with giant ego, but <laughs> that was pretty cool. Now I don't think you can play with one on stage. No, absolutely that wouldn't not. work. But I would need a selfie with from this, you yeah. with that mask on, and I want to see the tattoos and everything. <laughs> okay. And I want that mask on. Sure. And you then, have a, do you have it at hand? Uh, I have we one in the studio. Have studio. Yeah, okay. the studio. I can just bring it, bring it back after we. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get potentially to, lose. You them. know what? You actually get to keep the mask as well. Oh, it's a souvenir. Yeah. This is great. Good. I want that selfie. Oh. Actually, yeah. okay, yeah, perfect. Good. Sweet. All right. So yeah. don't remind. The stakes are: if Fnatic win, Marnath or God damn it, both <laughs> being named Martin is totally screwing me up. Deficio has to say. Only Reckless can play AD carry. Everyone else has to play Marksman. Everyone else plays Marksman. Everyone else oh, plays whatever. Marksman. You get yeah. to write yeah, you can write it. You can write it for him. I mean, but, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. something along you those lines. The and then uh, if G2 win, a.k.a. Deficio wins, um, then Reckless has to wear the Deficio mask, the super creepy Deficio masks <laughs> that 
a bunch of fans from Denmark brought and take a selfie with the tattoos out, like fist Everything. together, quintessential reckless pose. And, and then uh, should he tweet it. something? Should it be a little text of like, I am deficient, we're all deficient? Like <laughs> we that. are all deficient. We're all deficient. It's weird, just make it weird. Or as well. <laughs> I joined the deficient fan club. Oh, I <laughs> joined the deficient fan it. club right there. All right, got it. All right, perfect. All right, that is it. That is, that is the episode for the week. Look forward to the stakes. Look forward to Fnatic G2. It is our match of the week. It is hype. It is a battle for the top of the table. That match is it's on. It's actually the Clash of Kings now. Actually, not like last time when you guys were losing like last and time. everything. So watch ULCS. It's on on Friday. This is coming out on Wednesday. So you'll have some time to get ready. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And until next time. <laughs>